Hello, Eagles fans, and welcome inside Eagles 360 here on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Bo Wolf with Chris McPherson trying to get you ready for Sunday's big game against Washington, the opener to this NFC East schedule for the 2-0 Eagles. And Chris, always exciting to get these division games underway. Yes, the Eagles are already top of the division, like you said, at 2-0. First NFC East matchup against Washington, a tough Washington team coming off a big win over Jacksonville. A lot of storylines to delve into, but we have some great features for you on today's show. We're going to go into some old school All-22, looking back at last year's season opener against Washington. We're going to have Benny Logan as part of this week's Lay's Crunch Time. And also in the studio, Troy Aikman from NFL and Fox. But first, Bo, some big storylines we need to catch up on. That's right, and that's why we send you to the week that was presented by Gatorade. Who will start at inside linebacker for the Eagles? How will the Eagles handle their former Eagles receiver, Deshaun Jackson? All that and more right here. The ball is spotted. The kick is up. What a moment. It's gone. Obviously, this second week in a row where we had to come back from some adversity, um, and nobody's flinching. Everybody believes. You know, we just got to start strong and, 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 and keep on finishing strong. We're fortunate to be 2-0. We've done a great job of coming back in both games. It's the Eagles against Washington on Sunday, the NFC East opener for both teams. This week is against the Redskins. With Cousins in there is very similar to what they do with RG3. It's a big offensive line, but they're, they're athletic. They do a very good job of running a stretch play. The backside linebacker has to know the ball's going to cut back. Don't overrun the play. And so that's big, obviously, with me or Casey potentially being that backside linebacker. They have shown man. They have shown zone. So uh, we try to be prepared for everything. We have enough weapons around LaShawn where you, you have to pick your poison, so to speak, in terms of who you're going to defend. So I went back to last year, and this vertical wheel route by LaShawn McCoy against Ryan Kerrigan was a great example against this week's opponent. The matchup with the return of Deshaun Jackson, both sides know each other very well. We can't make the game about the Eagles versus Deshaun Jackson. Like, we got to go out there and just play our game. You know, we're, we're excited also. You know, come back into the link, you know, in a Redskins uniform, it, uh, it'll be neat. We got to win the game. It's a division game. We're 2 0. We're looking to be 3 0. But then you get the, get the job done or you get the talking done, you know, by just, just playing sound football and letting, letting your pass do the talking. This outfield. This outfield. This outfield. Well, Chris, it's a big NFC East game, and of course, one of the guys calling this game on Sunday is a former NFC East rival, Troy Aikman. Yes, the former Dallas Cowboys Hall of Fame quarterback will be part of the broadcast team this Sunday. He certainly knows all of these NFC East matchups. We'll catch up with him here in studio on the other side here on Eagles 360. SEPTA is the way to get to games. I love taking the subway down there because I feel like I'm, you know, with all fans. Everybody's got their gear on. People are chanting and cheering on the train before you even get to the station. There's a sense of camaraderie because Philly loves their sports teams. It's really fun. It's Philadelphia. All season long, stop into your local Acme markets and purchase the Eagles item of the week. When you do, you'll receive a receipt code making you eligible for the Swoop In and Win sweepstakes. Just go to swoopinandwin.com and enter the code today. It's your chance to win Eagles tickets, Eagles Pro Shop and Acme gift cards, and Eagles autographed merchandise. Acme Markets, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. 
The moment we dare to imagine is the moment progress begins. In a flash, the inconceivable becomes every day. Imagine someone doing the same for healthcare. At Jefferson, we've brought together some of the brightest minds in medicine, in research and innovation, resulting in advancements that will touch lives in amazing ways. You might not see how a health sciences university, an academic medical center, and spectacular collisions of imagination can change your future, but you will. When I was a little kid, I thought riding SEPTA was just the coolest thing. I thought, I'm on this big piece of metal, blazing down these tracks, there's people ringing bells above me, there's honking going on, there's trees flying by. It's fantastic. We welcome inside the studio here on PhiladelphiaEagles.com, Hall of Fame quarterback and NFL on Fox analyst Troy Aikman will be doing this Sunday's game between Philadelphia and Washington. Troy, the big story this week is the quarterbacks. You had a chance to see Nick Foles in his breakout season of 2013. What have you seen from him in the first couple of weeks of 2014? Uh, well, I, I've seen a, a guy who seems to be pressing a little bit. You know, I mean, a number of missed opportunities in, in both of these games. You know, what's interesting is looking at Philadelphia offensively, obviously very explosive, have scored a lot of points, have, have moved the ball extremely well, and yet I don't think they're really operating uh, as well as they're capable of. And I don't, think, I don't think Nick has played as well as he's certainly capable of playing. Uh, and that says a lot. It says a lot for an offense that's as effective as what they have been already. Uh, and yet they've left a lot of plays out there on the field. So that I, from that standpoint, I, I think it's encouraging. I, I think Nick is, is he'll settle in uh, and, uh, and be just fine. But uh, that's what I've seen so far uh, in the early going from him. You were thrown into the action immediately as a rookie. This is still Nick's third season right. in the league, still a young quarterback. How long does it take for a quarterback to finally grasp everything? Well, I, I think that, uh, you know, now in his third season and getting an opportunity to play last year and, and then having played some as a rookie also, that that, that, will help, that that helps him, right? But now it being his second season within this offense. I mean, last year to be able to step in and have the type of year that he had was, was quite impressive. He protected the football well. He made a lot of big plays. Uh, I think most people expected then come into this year and pick up right where he left off last year. That hasn't necessarily happened for him. The offense, as I said, is doing well. Uh, but he'll continue to get better, and uh, he'll continue to see more and more things that defenses are doing against him, and things will work out fine. Now, Troy, on the other sideline, Kirk Cousins takes over for Washington. In my estimation, I feel like he's almost a better fit for what Jay Gruden wants to do with that offense. What have you seen from him in the time that he's been able to play? Well, I like Kirk Cousins. I liked him coming out of college uh, there at Michigan State. He's a very bright guy. Uh, I'm on the College Football Foundation board. Uh, he was one of our student athletes when he was coming out of college. Uh, so uh, he can certainly handle the offense. And then it's a matter of being able to execute it and make good decisions. I thought he did that last week. He stepped in uh, for RG3 and you know, completed his first 12 passes. I didn't think he was real sharp initially, but as the game wore on, he got more and more comfortable. I think a lot of people forget that uh, their rookie year, their being his and RG3's rookie season, if not for Kirk Cousins playing the way that he did, that team wouldn't have made the playoffs. So he's been a vital part uh, of the success that they had, at least that first year. I expect him to play well. Uh, obviously, they're going to do things differently with him than they would do with RG3. But as far as the offense is concerned, I don't think it changes. You're still going to see the boots. We saw that last week, even when he got in the game. Uh, but 
uh, he knows that he can't rely on his legs the way that RG3 can. So he has to be good from the pocket, and he has to make quick decisions. And for the most part, he did that last week. You got to see Chip Kelly in his first season in the league. What changes have you noticed from year one to year two? Uh, you know, not, not much. Uh, what, what I saw last year was a lot of guys running down the field wide open and him putting pressure on defenses horizontally and then stretching them vertically as well. And, and that's hard. It's hard on a defense when you have to uh, defend all of the field. And, and that's the way that it's been this year as well. And then when you add, I, I know right now there's a lot of discussion about how uh, much the running backs have gotten the ball in the screen game. You know, of course, picking up Darren Sproles and McCoy's awesome out of the backfield as well. Tight ends, you know, they've gotten Zach Ertz more involved. Uh, and though that then is going to take the place of some of the, the threats that they had in the, at the wide receiver position with Deshaun Jackson being gone. I don't really see that. I still see okay. the threats in the, in, as wide receivers. They just haven't hit on those. And then they've gone to the screen game, and it's worked very well for them. But uh, I, I don't think there's a focus on anything differently this year than what there was a year ago. So then what is the key, do you think, to get the offense going to make those big plays down the field with the receivers? I, I think it's just a matter of, of completing the passes. You know, I mean, uh, it's a matter of Nick seeing it and then delivering the ball and, and, uh, and delivering it accurately uh, is, is really what I see. I, you know, they'll continue to do the things that they do well within the running game continue to run the screen game, which which both of those backs are really good at. You've got athletic guys up front. Uh, I, I just, I told Chip in our meeting today, I said, I, I would have loved to have played in this offense. You know, there's a lot happening, but there's a lot of really good stuff that puts a great deal of pressure on the defense. Take me through, through that there. What is it about the offense that you would have loved to have been a part of? Because the misconception coming into the league was you had to have a mobile quarterback, right. to, you know, that wasn't your strong suit. No. You're a pocket quarterback. So. But I could run better than Nick. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know. Don't I, know that saying a whole lot. No, to him, no, but I know. Yes, but, yeah. but, but, but the point yeah. in that is that I think most people thought that Chip had to have a mobile quarterback to run his offense. And, and I, I think if he had one, I mean, then there would be other things happening. But he's proven that you don't have to have that. Now, what you do need is you need a, a quarterback that can at least run and pick up five yards and get on the ground, as Nick Foles has done to make the defense play honest. But I like, I like the fact uh, that they are, are, they are able to pressure a defense within the running game, uh, whether that's you know, with, with the read option or the threat of the read option. But I like the concepts within the passing game with the wide receivers and the ability to get vertical down the field and, pre and you know, two-on-one fast breaks. And, and there's, a, there's a lot of air out there, and, and guys are running through those seams. And uh, it... it it would be exciting for me because I just think that there's so much happening and so much opportunity for big plays uh, that as a quarterback, you know, what more can you ask for? Do you have to be more of a cerebral quarterback, do you think, in his office? Because so many things are happening so quickly that you got to make decisions. Well, like I, think, uh, I, I think that's – I believe that's important in, in, as a quarterback in general. Yes. You know, regardless of whether you're a guy who can run or not run or you're a pocket guy or, you know, whatever it is, I, I, I just believe that the position by its very nature is, is hard. Uh, there's a lot that's expected from the quarterback. Quarterback has to see a lot of things. He's got to be able to check to protections. He's got to get out of plays when they're not there. You've got to see blitzes. And you've got to do all that in a short period of time. So 
uh, I believe that if you're not, you know, a relatively uh, quick study, quick learner, you know, have some intellect, I, I don't think you're going to have much success in this league no matter who you are. Troy, last question. The Eagles, one of three teams in the conference, to be 2-0 to start the season. Washington got their first win of the season, a big one over Jacksonville. What do you see as the biggest key to this first NFC showdown? Well, I think the key for Philadelphia is going to be, uh, you'd like to say get off to a faster start, but they've been able to win without doing that. I don't know how much that of a key that is. Every, every team talks about getting off to a fast start. But I do think that Washington coming into this game, I like Alfred Morris. I like Roy Hallou when he comes in as a third down back and he can run the ball. Uh, I, I believe they'll be a little more reliant on the running game uh, with Alfred Morris because of Kirk Cousins coming in at quarterback. And, and they've, the Eagles have to be better against, uh, in stopping the run than, than they were the other night. I think that's going to be a real key for, uh, for Philadelphia. For, for Washington, uh, you know, they, if they can play the defense the way that they were able to play last week, if they can get pressure on Nick Foles and be disruptive, then, then that's what they're going to try to do. But you, know, you can talk about turnovers and those types of things. Those are always important elements to any ball game. But I think those, are going to be, those two things are going to be key in this game. Hall of Fame quarterback Troy Aikman joining us here on Eagles 360. Thank you very much for joining us here on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Dunkin' Donuts medium hot or iced coffee the day after an Eagles win with the Dunkin' Mobile app. Eagles win, you win. Go America runs on Dunkin'. Dunkin' Donuts is helping more area youth get in the game through the Touchdowns for Kids program. For every Philadelphia Eagles touchdown, Dunkin' Donuts will donate $250 to Good Sports, bringing new equipment and resources to youth sports organizations in need throughout the greater Philadelphia region. Section 512, row 6, seats 7 through 10. Those are our seats. At this one time, we can't be there. Please treat them right. To get there early, stay late, and yell a whole lot. Dress warm, gloves, hats, warm boots. Eric sits in the middle. Uncle Paul sits on the aisle. And if you want to sit in my seat, make sure you get your ticket from the only place a fan can trust. Buy and sell 100% verified, authentic tickets with other true fans. Only on NFL Ticket Exchange. Tickets from one fan to another. In the locker room, we are all the same. Win or lose, we get what we need to come back for more. Gatorade Recover, 20 grams of pro-caliber protein. In the locker rooms of the pros, now in yours. limited time stop by your local McDonald's and go for two with your favorite large soft drink in an Eagles player cup and large shaken flavor fries including flavors of zesty ranch spicy buffalo and garlic parmesan for only $3.49 McDonald's I'm loving it price and participation may vary while supplies last Welcome back to Eagles 360 here on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Bo Wolf and Chris McPherson. And one of the big players in this early season for the Eagles has been tight end Zach Ertz. But we haven't heard much from Brent Selleck, and that was not the case last year, Chris. In week one, when the Eagles took on Washington in Chip Kelly's first game, and to break that down in a big play from Brent Selleck, we send it over to Dan Klecko for the old school All-22. 
It's a pitch to Montgomery. 25-30. Fourth and 26. He is firing, and it is What's up, Eagles fans? Welcome back. I'm Dan Klecko, and this is the Old School All-22, Week 3. And today we're going to look back at something pretty special, what I think is a very start to a very special career, the inaugural game of Chip Kelly's career. We're going to look back at the Redskins game from last year. The entire NFL eagerly anticipated the debut of Chip Kelly's offense entering the 2013 season, and the team's opening game did not disappoint. Kicking off with the first half that included 53 plays, 322 total yards, and 24 points that stunned an unprepared Redskins defense. After jumping out to a 12-7 lead at the end of the first quarter, the Eagles got on the board again with a long touchdown pass from Michael Vick to Brent Selleck, a play that put Kelly's spread offense in full scope. Looking, firing, it is caught, and in for a touchdown goes Brent Selleck. 28-yard touchdown pass, Vic to Brent Selleck. Brent Selleck just splits the linebackers, gets down the middle of the field. They're worried about Riley Cooper on the outside, about Deshaun Jackson on the outside, and there's a huge void in the middle of the field, and Brent Selleck takes advantage of it. All right, so what we're going to look at here is really how Chip Kelly's spread offense. It's, not, it's no great formation. It's nothing that nobody's ever seen before, but as you look at how far they are right here, I mean, you look at Riley Cooper out here, Deshaun Jackson way out here, you're seeing how he's going to use the whole field. And you see what Riley Cooper does here. He fights so hard to stay outside to take that safety with him. Empties out the whole middle of the field. Brent Selleck sees that. He sees that it's going to be covered too. He starts bending away from that safety. So as you see, as it opens up, that weakness and that soft spot and that cover too, touchdown, bad tackling by the Redskins, and it's a great start to Chip Kelly's career. Brent Selleck and the rest of the Eagles' tight ends are going to think it'll be a huge factor in the passing game. Bo, in your estimation, what do the Eagles need to do offensively to attack this Washington defense? I think they need to take advantage of the Redskins' cornerbacks because, listen, you know, you've got Ryan Kerrigan and Brian Arakpo on the outside. Those are as good a tandem of pass rushers as you're going to get in this league, and certainly Jason Peters and presumably Andrew Gardner will be tested, as will Nick Foles. But if they can find some room down the field to try to exploit D'Angelo Hall, who was a gambler by nature, the Eagles have beaten him many times in the past, and David Amerson, who was still a young guy, former teammate of Earl Wolf, those two guys, I think, can be exposed, as can the safeties, Brandon Merriweather making his first start of the season. I think that is the area where the Eagles can really take advantage and probably get these receivers going for the first time this season. Certainly, I also still expect the tight ends, Brent Selleck and Zach Ertz, to attack that middle of the field. The Washington front seven, very, very aggressive. They're going to try to get after Nick Foles. It's going to be very important to kind of use that aggressiveness against them and open up the middle of the field. You mentioned Merriweather Bow. There's also Ryan Clark, who's a veteran, but I think he can be taken advantage of in the middle of the field as well. So certainly plenty of weapons outside. The key for Washington is they're going to want to get after Nick Foles, get him off his spot, make him uncomfortable in the pocket. If Nick Foles can be more accurate than he was early on against Indianapolis, made some great throws late in the game, some clutch throws, but if he can make those throws early to test that Washington defense, kind of get him off their heels a little bit, it'll certainly bode well for the Eagles' attack. And since last year and including these first two games, Washington much better against the run than they are against the pass. But I still think the Eagles are going to want to get LaShawn McCoy very much involved on Sunday. Very quiet. LaShawn McCoy has still been very productive in his first couple of games, not to the extent we saw maybe in 2013, but he's still among the top 10 leaders in rushing so far on the year. He just hasn't had those LaShawn McCoy 
type of performance at this point, but he did very well against Washington last season. So I certainly would expect him, even though with a better defensive line, anchored by Jason Hatcher, the former Cowboy in that Washington defensive line, I would still expect the Eagles to try to get McCoy going, especially early in this game. Well, we talked about Kerrigan, obviously, and he's coming off that monster four-sack performance last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars in our best buds at Eagles game plan breakdown, how the Eagles can try to stop Ryan Kerrigan. All right, Mike, let's take a look at this much-improved Washington Redskins defense led by defensive coordinator Jim Hazlitt. The star player in this defense, in my opinion, is none other than outside linebacker Ryan Kerrigan. Four sacks last week versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. The thing I like about him is that he always seems to have great leverage, and he plays physical and violent with his hands. You watch him here in this run game. Tight end takes him on. He sheds him, gets in there, forces the fumble on Arian Foster. Like everyone talks about him with the pass pressure and the pressure that they're able to create. But I like the way they're playing in the run game. They do a really nice job getting off of blocks. And watch Clark, the safety, coming up to take out the fullback. And as I said, get a, does a really nice job on the tight end and then sheds that tight end to get to the football. Yeah. And the key there is Kerrigan setting the edge. The runners don't have anywhere to go but in the inside. And what I like about Kerrigan on this play is, yes, he did his job by setting the edge, but right. that didn't stop him. He That's got right enough. back in there, and he forced a fumble there on Arian Foster. Setting the edge just wasn't enough. Yeah, and you watch him here in the passing game, one of his four sacks. I like the fact he's here on the outside. He's going to set the tackle up the field, get his shoulders turned, and then give him a quick move underneath. And then the relentlessness on the play to chase Chad Henning down. On the play side, you've got penetration or you got pressure pushing that pocket, but then you got Kerrigan coming from the right side to make the play. Now you watch him on the very next play. Again, the tackle knows he was just beaten on the inside. So what the tackle does here is he says, I'm not going to give up the inside. I'm going to force him around the edge and see if he can get there then. That doesn't do much to stop Ryan Kerrigan. Still gets to the football and gets the sack on Chad Henning. He has a variety of move and moves, and he comes from different angles. Makes it very difficult on those tackles trying to set. Yeah, when you watch this Redskins defense, in my opinion, for the offensive line of the Eagles, they're going to have to find out where number 91 is at at all times. And when you're pass protecting, you better be ready for a two-way go because he can give you the inside move or the outside move. On the other side of the ball, one of the Eagles' best run stoppers is second-year defensive tackle Benny Logan. And on the other side, you, my friend, will sit down with Benny Logan for this week's Crunch Time. It's Eagles 360 coming back with more. Donuts, medium hot or iced coffee the day after an Eagles win with the Duncan Mobile app. Eagles win, you win. Go Eagles! America runs on Duncan. Duncan Donuts is helping more area youth get in the game through the Touchdowns for Kids program. For every Philadelphia Eagles touchdown, Duncan Donuts will donate $250 to Good Sports, bringing new equipment and resources to youth sports organizations in need throughout the greater Philadelphia region. 
Hi, my name is Jim Taylor. I've been with Acme for 34 years. Our Lancaster brand beef is the best around. We cut our meat fresh every day. We actually have customers come from other stores just for our meat. Freshness is our number one priority. No one beats our fresh fish. We have the freshest apples, the crispiest lettuce. Fresh produce is what we do. We do the best cake decorating in the area, hands down. 123 years strong. Come on in, you'll see the changes, you'll feel it, you'll love it. Cooks presents Crunch Time. My special guest this week is nose tackle Benny Logan. Benny, you've been in the league for just over a season now. Do you recall what was your welcome to the NFL moment? My welcome to the NFL moment would have to be my first practice against us, the Temple. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, we kind of did tempo at LSU because we played Oregon the year before, so you know we went to high tempo. But the actual go against you know NFL guys and the speed of the game, it was unbelievable. It was like my welcome, okay, welcome to the NFL moment. It was it was brutal, but once I adjusted to it, I mean it's pretty good. Now, how does it help the defense? I mean, it helped the defense a lot. Uh, I think it's totally advantage to be honest because uh, the team try to go no huddle, the tempo thing on us. Uh, Things they have to realize, we practice get there every day, so we're prepared for it. Uh, just condition-wise, I mean, we don't do too much running because we do all our running, you know, during practice and uh, when we go against our offense. So it really get the bolster to where you get to conditioning and you also get, you know, uh, up-tempo offense. So a lot of chaos going on. It allows you to focus on, you know, the, um, the play that's just been called on, uh, focus on your responsibility and just get loud enough to play. Benny, who is the toughest offensive lineman that you've ever come up against? The toughest offensive line I ever went up against. Uh, I really can't say. You don't want to give give the name out. You don't want to give that person any. I mean, any praise. Uh, or? I mean, I don't want to say you know, like nobody because then you know some people would think you know I'm being cocky and arrogant, which I'm not that kind of person. But of course, it's not like one center that I went against in the league that I was like, wow, that guy right there was you know was a mauler, that guy right there, you know, was a punisher or anything like that. It's just, you know, pretty much see typical same centers that, like, we can't know got. So, I mean, but Kelsey, you know, practice against Kelsey. Kelsey gave me speed and power, so it really allows the game to be easier for me. I mean, he's quick uh, at the point of attack. He's uh, powerful and things like that. So when it comes to game time, you know, I pretty much seen all week what I'm going to get. So I really can't just pinpoint, you know, this one center or anything that, Kelsey's a good answer, though. Oh, yeah, definitely. But I didn't want to say that and people like, oh, he's talking about his own teammate. Of course, he's going to give his own teammate yeah. credit. But I'm just being none of Kelsey was the best one I went against. What's the most underrated part of playing defensive line? The under, most underrated part? Uh, in our scheme, I really, I don't really think it's an underrated part. I think it's like an overlooked thing. It's like people expect, you know, a nose talk. You hear a nose talk, you think, oh, this guy got to be 330, 340, this and that. And um, me and Miko, it's crazy that you brought that. Me and Miko was talking, matter of fact, the other day, about, uh, you know, a lot of people saying, you know, I'm an undersized nose talk. We need a traditional nose talk. And I was like, I asked him, like, 
how many times do you know you get blocked? How many times do an offensive lineman get up on you? And he was like, never. Nothing like that. And I was like, I was just one. He was like, why? Like, cause a lot of people are saying, you know, I'm undersized and this and that. And I was like, next time they ask me that, I'm gonna tell them, come ask you how many times you get blocked and things like that. He was like, tell them to do that. So I mean, I just that's something I feel like is really overlooked. You know, you got to be 330, 340 pounds. I mean, that's a good thing, but as you can see, when you're playing against our offense, got that big only being the game, what, 20, 15 snaps maybe? Cause you get wore down. So, I mean, I feel good where I'm at. Uh, I do a good job of keeping Miko protected, and uh, that's my main responsibility. As long as I keep him healthy all season long, I mean, the, the run that we would have would be a good run. Now, if you could play any other position, what would it be? I'd be a quarterback. Uh, not really throw the ball. I just want to just tuck the ball down and run. I'm trying to run old people. I don't know, you know, the success <laughs> I have that, but uh, that's something I always wanted to do, just, you know, being shotgun and like I'm going to pass the ball and just take off running. Even in high school, I always wanted to just be a quarterback or a safety, just to uh, run up and just get a free shot on somebody and just smash them. Now, Benny, you're from Cushada? Cushada. Cushada, Louisiana. Cushada, Louisiana. What do you miss most about back home? Food. I miss home cooking food. Death. If I could bring the food from Louisiana or back home up here, uh, I think that would be complete. Now, Benny, is it true that you're one of eight children? Yes. Can you name your seven siblings? Yes. I start from youngest to the oldest. Oh, okay, good. Youngest, my youngest sister, Lacey. Lacey Logan, Jeremy Logan. It's me, Corey Logan, Adrian Logan, Jessica Logan, Carla Logan, and Jesse Logan. Oh, my brothers and sisters. If you had went in a random order, I was going to say it was the first person your favorite. So it's a good thing that you said youngest from the start. I really can't say I have a favorite or anything because... I would about, hope you wouldn't say here no, on camera. No, 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 because like, think about my family, my brothers and my sister, like we were really close. Uh, we always talking to each other. They always called and texting on me. Like, matter of fact, I was getting taped for practice today. My sister called and I thought something went wrong or something. She was like, no, nah, I'm just calling to check on you and things like that. So I hear from my family uh, every day. Just doesn't a day go by that they're texting me or calling to check on see how things going. So I really have a, a really tight family and a real tight sibling also. So Ben, you're number 96. Yeah. What's the decision behind that number? Uh, I don't know. There's no one just giving to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I was kind of expecting, I wanted to kind of get like maybe a number 90. It was been like a cool number or something. But then I got 96, I was like, okay, I could deal with 96, because I was 93 my first two years, at, first three years at LSU, I was number 93, so then my last year I was number 18, so 96, uh, I think I wear it pretty well, and I think it's a good number on me. Benny, what's the significance of that number 18 at LSU? Uh, number 18 at LSU is a, it's a traditional thing now at LSU, and it's passed down to the guy, good leadership on and off the field, you know, take care of his business, an unselfish guy, and uh, just shows good character, uh, and it's voted on by all the, the training room staff, the equipment staff, the uh, coaches and former guys that wore number 18, so it's not voted on by your teammates, so you know, your player favorite with your teammates, they, like, they can't vote, okay, I want this guy because I'm cool with him. It's a vote on by the coaches, so it just shows like that they really have good trust in you, that the thing that you're doing, they really take uh, notice of it, and it's your leadership. and. Um, it's a good thing to wear that number. If you wear that number, it's mean like it's a big deal at LSU. So, Benny, last question. Eagles are 2-0 to start the season. This Sunday, you're facing Washington. What is the key to victory? Uh, the key to victory is uh, stopping the run. Uh, as you've seen, uh, Monday Night Football against uh, the Colts. The Colts came out and did a good, pretty good job running the ball. Now. So, 
We know the Redskins gonna try to uh, establish a run early in the game with uh, their backup quarterback in to you know, get the game flowing, but uh, this game we really got to step up big, especially on the D-line. Uh, we really got to step up big this game, stop the run, and then just put them in situations where they pass the ball more and let our rushers rush and let our cover guys cover. But um, yeah, this game here is basically stopping their run and just going from there. Benny? You've earned that bag of chips. Appreciate Congratulations. It, Thank you. That's this week's Lay's Cow Cook Presents Crunch Time. Our special guest, nose tackle Benny Logan. Thank you very much for joining us here on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Lay's Kettle Cook. Enjoy more than 10 delicious flavors and varieties made with the simple goodness of real ingredients with no artificial flavors. to imagine is the moment progress begins. In a flash, the inconceivable becomes every day. Imagine someone doing the same for healthcare. At Jefferson, we've brought together some of the brightest minds in medicine, in research and innovation, resulting in advancements that will touch lives in amazing ways. You might not see how a health sciences university, an academic medical center, and spectacular collisions of imagination can change your future, but you will. In the locker room, we are all the same. Win or lose, we get what we need to come back for more. Gatorade Recover, 20 grams of pro-caliber protein. In the locker rooms of the pros, now in yours. You could win a pair of tickets to sit in the Amoroso's Baking Company Suite for the Eagles' first Carolina game at Lincoln Financial Field on Monday, November 10th. Visit PhiladelphiaEagles.com slash RollIntoASuite to enter for your chance to win. Amoroso's, why Philly sandwiches are world famous. We welcome you back to Eagles 360 here on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Bo Wolf and Chris McPherson. And Chris, second home game of the season coming on Sunday, and that, of course, means tailgating here at Lincoln Financial Field. And with that in mind, we send it to our good correspondent, Michael Kendricks, for this week's Amorosos on the menu. Hi, I'm Mike Kendricks with the Philadelphia Eagles. Today we have Chris. Chris, tell these fans where you're from. How you doing, guys? I'm from Artsville in Gloucester City, New Jersey, right across the bridge in New Jersey, about five minutes from Center City, Philadelphia. They come either across either bread, Ben Franklin, or Walt Whitman. All right, hey Chris, tell us what's on today's menu. Today we have the Art Special. Which is that? The Art Special. Art Special that. Hoagie. We got pepperoni, Genoa salami, peppered ham, capicola. We top it all off with provolone cheese. Doesn't get much better than that right there. Hey, it's not a sandwich, so it's on an Amorosa's roll. Do you have a favorite tailgate sandwich? Enter your photo at the Amorosa Sandwich Selfie Sweepstakes for a chance to win an invitation to lunch with me at the Eagles facility. Visit PhiladelphiaEagles.com slash sandwich selfie. 
Well, I guess we'll find out whether Kendricks is too busy eating on Sunday to play. Obviously, it's the injury that would keep him out. But if it is not him and it comes down to Casey Matthews or Emmanuel Acho, what, do you, what is your sense? My sense would be that Emmanuel Acho would be the one who would start there. Obviously, he and Casey Matthews and also Marcus Smith have been rotating during the week of training at the inside linebacker position. Acho is someone who's very familiar with the defense. He's worked with Bill Davis going back to his time in Cleveland. He praised himself for his football IQ and said that he will not make any male mistakes. And you look back to Monday night's win over Indianapolis, his first defensive snaps of the season came on the final drive of the game, and he performed admirably. Filling in the gaps there, allowing D'Amico Ryans to make plays. Cedric Thornton had a key tackle, and the Eagles got off the field with a three and out. Casey Matthews played earlier in the game, and he certainly has experience in the scheme, and he can be counted upon as well. But the Eagles' depth at inside linebacker are going to be tested. But my initial gut feeling would that be Acho with the one who gets the call. And that's one of the things we will find out on the kickoff show on Sunday here. Of course, we have you covered throughout game day on Sunday here on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. The kickoff show with the two of us, Dave Spadaro for the halftime report, and then Greg Cosell and Ike Reese join me for the postgame show presented by Rico after the Eagles' first NFC East game. That's going to do it for today's edition of Eagles 360. Follow us on Eagles shows to find out what else is coming up. And remember, check back on PhiladelphiaEagles.com throughout the weekend for all your breaking news. For Chris McPherson, I'm Bo Wolf. Thanks for joining us.